Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, July the 12th. Hope you're okay. The day after the night before and huge disappointment for England fans. The Euro 2020 final ended in defeat to Italy after a heartbreaking penalty shootout at Wembley last night. Here, police had to be called into Maidstone Town Centre where around 300 fans had gathered in Jubilee Square. Flares were set off and some people could be seen confronting officers who'd formed into lines in the high street. It's said to have taken around an hour to clear the area. Meantime, a Kent MP is facing a backlash after suggesting Marcus Rashford should have spent more time practising football than getting involved in politics. The Manchester United forward, who campaigned for free school meals for children during the pandemic, missed a penalty during last night's shootout. Well, a WhatsApp message from Dover's Natalie Elphick has been leaked. Paul Francis is our political editor. Paul, what's the reaction been? Well, this was a bit of a political own goal by the Dover MP Natalie Elphick after the message was leaked in which she appeared to take Marcus Rashford to task for not practising his penalties enough and playing politics. Uh, and had he practised his penalties, then the outcome might have been different. Now, this was a reference to the campaign led by Marcus Rashford to get uh, free school meals for every child during the COVID lockdown period. Now, understandably, perhaps, uh, opposition MPs particularly have been quick to take Natalie Alphick to task herself, uh, suggesting that uh, she should withdraw or apologise. And indeed, she has tried to uh, uh, put a a line under this uh, unfortunate episode by tweeting that she was uh, shared the frustration and heartbreak of millions of England fans and the team gave their all. Thanks ever so much, Paul. And coming up in sport, we have more reaction to the action on the pitch last night. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and two men have been taken to hospital following an attack in Gravesend. Officers were called to New Road just after six yesterday evening. There were reports of someone being stabbed, but detectives have confirmed a knife wasn't involved. They're investigating what type of weapon might have been used. A 10-year-old girl is in a critical condition in hospital after being hit by a car in Dartford. She was knocked down on Watling Street near the junction with Meadow Way on Saturday evening. A man in his 50s was arrested at the scene. At Kent Online, Today, you can see a CCTV image of a man police are hunting after someone tried to lead a woman from a shop in Chatham. The suspect approached her in Primark and encouraged her to leave the store with him. She refused and got help from staff. Detectives are hoping someone will recognise the clothes from the picture. Now, the boss of a Kent hotel says safety measures put in place during the pandemic will stay even when lockdown restrictions are lifted. We're expecting confirmation from the government today that so-called Freedom Day will go ahead as planned next Monday. That means face masks won't have to be worn anymore and you can order from the bar at a pub. Well, Neil Lomas from Best Western Clifton Hotel in Folkestone has been speaking to Oliver Kemp on the lowdown, along with Jamie Clark from the Dead Pigeon Pub in Rochester. 
you just get rid of all of that. People will just think you're being very blase. And it's I've got a team that I need to look after as well. It's not just about the guests. It's about my team and, and protecting them. You know, we have quite a lot of youngsters working for us sort of from the sort of 18 plus age group. And not all of them have gone through the vaccination program yet. So they're not fully protected. Even then, they won't be fully protected. So I think it's a case of, no, we will be keeping the restrictions in place. Um, we have a one-way system, but because of the, the actual layout of the building, it doesn't really work. Um, but we sort of have, because we have so many entrances coming into the various different parts, we sort of, we only can, we have a one-way system. We have spatial arrangements. We have screens. Again, like sort of Jamie, we've got um, gels and everything all over the place. That will remain. Um, from talking to the team, most of them are still going to carry on voluntarily wearing their masks because it just, it just, you just feel safer with it. I know I will do sort of in environments where I wear a mask now, I will carry on wearing the mask in that same environment post 19th of July. Well, that's really um, interesting because, I mean, Jamie, would your would your staff do the same thing? Would you, you if they were more comfortable wearing face masks, would they still get to wear face masks in the pub? Yeah, definitely. I think I think um, if the staff feel safer, then then you've got to be led by the staff on that. Um, I think there's still going to be some people, even though restrictions are being released. I think some people are still going to be cautious about entering out. Um, it's a bit harder in the pub because people do move about quite a lot and quite freely, and it can get packed. So I think people are going to be a bit worried wherever they go anyway. But if if it makes them feel easier that staff are wearing it, then yeah, our staff are definitely up for wearing it. I suppose what might be interesting is that is that the government say that restri restrictions are scrapped and it's all fine, and then you have some staff members who are deciding to wear masks. There might be a small portion of the public that then feel guilty if they're not wearing a mask themselves as well. I wonder if any of that might actually feed into some of the hospitality industry as people start to get used to a post nineteenth of July atmosphere. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna have a mixed bag. I think people are still gonna come out with masks, and people are still gonna take, even though it's being scrapped, people are still gonna take precautions um but then yeah if, if we get visitors that decide we're not gonna if like the, the rules are that there, there are no masks if the visitor wants to come with no mask it, that, that's gonna be fine too um but yeah yeah I think, I think we're gonna have a mixed bag i think we're gonna get people that will come still wearing masks and I mean, we have it now. I mean, even though it's mandatory to wear masks in sort of hospitality venues, we sort of, you know, we still have people turning up without masks. And you always have that, I won't say contretemps, but you have that discussion with them that you should be wearing a mask. And there are people that just do not want to wear a mask. Um, and I'm not talking about those that have the allergies and are allowed not to wear, and just those that just don't like wearing it. So once the 19th comes and we don't have to insist on them wearing masks, then a lot of people will come and they won't wear masks. And I think that's important that then my team are still happy to wear, that they are comfortable and want to wear the, the face, face coverings because there are now more people that don't have masks. And you can catch the lowdown again on our Facebook feed on Thursday. A new hotel in Ashford meantime that was due to open last year still hasn't confirmed when it'll start to welcome guests. Construction of the Hampton by Hilton Hotel in Victoria Road was delayed due to the pandemic. Bookings are now available online from August the 23rd, but bosses still won't officially announce a date. Kent Online reports. 
There's a warning heavy rain could cause some travel disruption and flooding in Kent today. A yellow weather alert is in force until midnight with a risk of thunderstorms and power cuts. The Met Office say more than 60 millimetres could fall within a few hours in some areas. A Canterbury woman says the smell from a communal bin outside her home is so bad she's reluctant to open her windows. Rachel Randall lives in a ground floor flat on Tennyson Avenue. She's complained about the rubbish, which is attracting vermin. The council blame fly tipping and say they're trying to resolve the issue. Well, you may remember on the podcast last week, we actually told you about a farmer who was so annoyed about people fly tipping on his land that he took matters into his own hands. Joss Brimmore-Jones, his dad and brother, used tractors to block in a truck that had been used to dump waste in Mepham. I would love there to be more prevention measures in place, but uh, we've had cameras up before and the cameras have been stolen. So <laughs> where do we start? And We can't be everywhere all the time. And unfortunately, it's having to, having to come down to moments like this where we're putting ourselves on the line, um, trying to stop this. Well, following those comments, Kent's police and crime commissioner has said he's determined to tackle rural crimes in the county. Matthew Scott has spent the past few days speaking to farmers and people who live in more isolated communities. He's also seen for himself what impact fly tipping can have. Kent County Council says it's increased by more than 15% in the last seven years, and Matthew has promised to tackle it. Well, fly tipping is a scourge on our rural communities has a massive impact for residents, for businesses, and particularly for those who have to pick up the costs of clearing it, whether that's the council taxpayer uh, or the private landowner. So this work that the police are doing with local councils uh, and others is aimed at getting those fly tippers brought to justice, whether that is by uh, cracking down on people who don't have the correct waste carrier licenses, patrolling the hotspots, uh, and giving people advice on uh, over, overloaded uh, lorries, for example. This all makes a difference in the fight against fly tipping. Um, it all sounds, whenever we speak to police about fly tipping, that it's all quite reactionary. It's, it's what police can do after it's already happened. Is there anything you can tell our viewers in terms of um, stopping the fly tipping happening in the, in the first place? Is there, any, is there any plan to tackle that? One of the things that we were doing yesterday as part of Operation Assist was proactively targeting vehicles perhaps believed to be involved in fly tipping, but also carrying out checks on waste carriers to make sure they've got the relevant paperwork. Because often there are a number of different types of vehicles who could be involved in fly tipping. We saw people uh, given words of advice, uh, people who have had their vehicles taken away as a result of the activity that we did yesterday. So there is proactive work going on, uh, and I'm pleased to say there'll be a lot more coming uh, during the weeks and months ahead. It is a challenge because obviously uh, some more isolated communities do feel uh, the impact of fly tipping. But I'm pleased to say that local authorities in Kent are really proactive at looking at their hotspots for fly tipping, putting up CCTV and working with the police and other agencies to try and crack down on it. I don't think very much is going to change unless people really go to prison. I don't think that a fine or seizure of a vehicle will ne necessarily deter people who are organised in what they do. So yes, we need to work with local authorities to make sure that uh, people are prosecuted and that they go to prison for what they're doing to our communities. An historic ship that saved thousands of men during the Second World War is heading to Ramsgate for a major renovation. The Medway Queen rescued 7,000 men from beaches at Dunkirk. £30,000 is going to be spent on the paddle steamer, which will be the largest vessel to arrive at the Royal Harbour for years when it travels from Gillingham next week. And an incredible story this. A man has been reunited with his prize-winning wartime artwork, 
80 years after he drew it as a young boy. Peter Spanswick's visited Folkestone Library to see the poster he created back in 1941 when he was 13 years old, after it was discovered in the archive rooms. The 94-year-old's art was made to encourage the town to support the war through investment in national savings schemes. Kent Online Sport. Well, as promised, more reaction to last night's Euro 2020 final then, and this is what England fans in Ashford and Maidstone had to say following the result. I couldn't fault any more from the lads. They gave their all in that final. It's a, it's like alien to all of them. Yeah. They couldn't have like done any better than I expected of them. They lose on penalties. It's one of those things, you know, yeah. it's one shot. That's all it comes down to. And in, in um, general, you know, you should still be, be proud of... Oh, I'm so done. proud of all the boys. They're young. They haven't even been blooded into the Euros tournament yet. World Cup is ours, trust me. Proud that we got that far, but gutted we didn't have that final result because we needed that. That would have lifted the spirits of everybody. So gutted we didn't get that final bit. But very proud of the team. Southgate has been amazing, so very proud. I can't actually pick a bad point for the England team. Played great. Every player of the team, plus Pickford, played great. It does make me proud. I think every single player on the team were putting their all in. Mm. And even though we didn't win, you could tell, like, every game we've had before now, up until now, you could see they knew it was a final. They was putting everything that they had, and it was banging. Italy were putting their all in, England putting their all in. No matter what the result, it was a quality game. Everyone was enjoying themselves. The crowd was enjoying themselves. The team was enjoying themselves. No matter what way it goes, everyone was having fun. And at the end of the day, that's that's what football's all about, isn't it? It's not about... Okay, yeah, it's all about win and lose, and obviously you're going to have your country's pride on your side. But everyone was having fun, and that's the main thing at the end of the day. Matthew Panting is our sports editor and joins me now. Firstly, let's just remind everyone of what you said when we spoke ahead of the tournament starting. Personally, I've got a feeling about Italy. Roberto Mancini's their manager, and he's really revitalised the way they approach their football in the past couple of years. And it wouldn't surprise me if they were to reach the final. Well done then. A correct prediction. Uh, What did you make of the game last night? It was a painful ending, wasn't it, to what could have been a wonderful night for English football. England got off to that dream start through Luke Shaw, but the Italians um, were excellent in the second half. Whether that was because England sat too deep or Roberto Mancini got into his team at half-time, you'd probably say a bit of both. On reflection, I thought Italy were the better of the, the teams on the night, but there was very little to choose between the two sides. The standout for me was that Mancini was bold with his substitutions. He took off some of his so-called stars, and while lots was made about how strong England's bench was, I don't think Gareth Southgate fully utilised them in a bid to go on and win that game. To get to the final of a major tournament was something we hadn't seen for 55 years from England. How proud should the players and management be? Well, the fact that it's only the second time that England have reached the final of the Euros or the World Cup says it all, really. Admittedly, there was a large chunk of home advantage involved. But think of the last batch of players like Michael Owen and David Beckham. They've never got to a final. Paul Gascoigne and Gary Lineker before them never got to a final. So, so many have tried and failed, but this team... England team came up just short by what a few spot kicks in the end in a shootout. But that's the margins you're talking about in elite sport. Italy defeated Spain and England on penalties. So the difference between those three teams is probably very, very small. 
but full credit to the Italians. They kept their cool. They won on penalties in both games and they go home with the trophy. And early thoughts ahead of the World Cup next year? Well, I think it's a little too early to predict a finalist again, but it's quicker turnaround with the Euros delayed by a year. So it will feel different. The tournament's taking place midway through our domestic season as well. So that will be a first for us to experience. Um, England's team and squad has changed quite a bit since that World Cup semi-final defeat to Croatia in 2018. So for me, it will be interesting to see who emerges, if anyone, in the next 12 months or so. Can Southgate find a regular berth for someone like Grealish? How do the likes of Saka and Sancho react to those spot kick misses? Let's see. It's going to be an interesting countdown to that. I think the country will certainly look forward to it and uh, it might galvanise everyone the same way that the last few weeks have as well. Matthew, thanks ever so much. Ahead of the Open Golf Tournament starting in Sandwich later this week, police say they'll be stepping up patrols in the area. It gets underway from Thursday with up to 32,000 fans expected to be attending each day of the championship. We're told a large number of trained and specialist officers will be there to keep people safe. As far as the players are concerned, two-time Masters winner Bubba Watson's the latest golfer to pull out due to coronavirus issues. The American's been identified as a close contact of someone who has covid 19. Reigning Masters champion Hideki Matsuyama has also withdrawn after testing positive over a week ago. He's not showing any symptoms. And in cricket, Kent's T20 Blast squad has been forced to isolate after a player tested positive for COVID. They're having to use a fresh team for their county championship match against Sussex, which started yesterday. Heino Kuhn is captaining the side at Canterbury. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That's going to give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.